And hello again, everyone, and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live here, brought to you by Coors Light, as always, right here on Giants.com. At the controls today, Mr. Dan Salamon, sitting alongside me, the former two-time Super Bowl champion, David Deal, I'm Russ Salzberg, and it's you people out there. To call us, the number is 201-939-4513. Before we say anything, a happy and healthy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you and your families. And we, you know, maybe you're just going to watch this and then take off to wherever the destination is. Please, this is the worst weekend of all to be traveling. So if you're traveling, that's what Thanksgiving is all about. Be thankful, you have your family, all good things, so make sure you drive safe and careful. And that being said, the Green Bay Packers yes. are next on the list. And the fact that they not just lost, got the crap beat out of them on for Monday lack of night. a better time on national TV, ain't going to make it any easier. No, it, it definitely isn't. I mean, this is uh, a football team in the Green Bay Packers that has shown resolve in the after the losses, they are 2-0, and the postgame's following. And, you know, they always say uh, the, one of the most dangerous teams is a wounded team. And this team, you know, is coming in full gambit, understanding where they are in the NFC and in this race. And this Giants team has to be prepared for it, especially when it comes uh, to the defensive side of the ball, not only what Aaron Rodgers presents as a quarterback, but on those games after those losses where they went 2-0, and they leaned upon Jones and Williams in the running game to build up the momentum in the play-action passing game and to aid a defense. So for this Giants football team going up against the Green Bay Packers, defensively, assignment, alignment, make sure that they're disciplined. Don't give them those extra you know, throws and those extra plays that he knows that are freebies. And on the offensive side of the ball, this is a team in the Green Bay Packers on the defensive side of the ball that has given up 100-yard rushers. It is time for this Giants offensive line, the tight ends, and the running backs to click and get the run game going because we've seen when this football team becomes one-dimensional like they have in the past, it is a difficult task to come out of. Uh, before I answer you to our good friend Dan Salomon got to remind here. him. Dan, do it under the big blue, under the phone number, not over the phone number. Sometimes we have to do our technical work, clerical work right here in, in front of you. The people. great ones adjust, yeah. Russ. The great ones adjust. But I would say this to what something that you just said. Nothing's you know, more dangerous than a wounded team. Basically, having said that, the Giants are the most dangerous yeah. team. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I say kind of in jest. Yeah, I know, you know what you're what saying. Yeah, of course. Because, listen. It ain't for lack of trying. No. Anybody says that, it's, it's garbage. It, it, it's not for lack of trying. I, we just walked out of the locker room. I mean, I mean these guys want it. You can yeah. see that they want it. They and had a great practice today. I mean. And they're together. You know, the thing that y you talk about and we've talked about throughout this entire time is that when you look at this football team, it's not just about having young players that you have to groom, that have to get experience, that have to make progress. We've seen that out of this young football team. But the other thing that you see out of this football team is a willingness to stick together, to fight through it together, no pointing fingers, no blaming one another. But the biggest thing that they need to do is take what they're doing out on the practice field and bring it to the game field. When when anxiety comes about and when there are pressure points in a football game, 
our football team hasn't been able to respond. And I, I know I've talked about the young players, and actually I got into a debate with one of the uh, people that were listening to me do the postgame show on Sunday. They were upset that I called out Saquon Barkley and Golden Tate for the drops in the first quarter. Uh, well, I, I have- well how, how can you do that? Golden Tate had the big touchdown. Number one, if there was anybody that would tell you how disappointed they were in themselves not coming up with that catch, it would be Golden Tate. A thousand percent. Number two, we talked about getting Saquon involved in the passing game. He had an open opportunity in that football game to catch a football on third down to continue to build momentum in this football game to put the Bears in a bind. When you sit here and you look at this football game, even with everything going wrong, it still should have been thirteen to nothing at halftime. Without at, at, at minimum ten nothing. At minimum ten nothing. But yes, the thirteen nothing. Uh, listen, I was watching a post game show, and as soon as you said it, I said, "Thank goodness," because you know we call it coach speak, coach talk, execution, 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 attention to detail. And I had it marked down on all, yeah. all my notes. Lack of execution, a lack of execution. I marked, I marked down three in particular. One, you touched on, obviously, what was Saquon's uh, yep. miss, which if it wasn't a touchdown, it was like a 50-yard game. Uh, and, and before we got to, it was third and seven, uh, the Saquon was third and four. Third and four, the, yep. The, the um, Tate miss, and it, it was not the absolute easiest catch but we've but, seen him make no, those no, catches this, this is yes. golden tate maybe yeah. somebody else so golden tate and there was also one he tripped a little maybe he's a little rusty just coming out of the gate that one down the sideline in front of you know on the giant side of the field yeah where, where um sterling Shepard didn't turn around uh-huh. that was three plays either way it's three lack of execution all three were important big, you know, two of them would have been big gainers. And the third one would have been for a first down. For a first down. And they're not good enough to, to overcome just, those. Exactly. And you, that, you can't and give up the opportunity. And that's the point that I brought up is is I'm not doing it to call anybody no. out. I'm not doing it to single anybody out. But when you're sitting there and you're a two and eight football team and you're going through difficult times, especially when you know that you need to aid a young quarterback those are catches that you have to make in order for your football team to succeed, to stay on track, and to continue, like I said, in the first half of that football game, to build momentum because that game in the first half should have been a blowout for the New York Giants. They had every opportunity to calculate or capitalize on those, and they didn't. I, I, I'm not, but I will say Golden made up for it with that touchdown. No question. Catch. No, because I, I'm, I'm not going to say it's the catch 2-0. You know, to Eli, yeah. to, to David Tyree. However, fourth and 18, fourth and 19, Eli, under immense pressure, gets it off, and he goes yep. up and makes that catch. That was a great play. Daniel Jones, oh, you mean, got it what, off. What I said, Daniel Jones. Yeah. I, I'm always talking about yeah, Eli. Yeah, Eli to, to Tyree. Yeah, yep. to Tyree. But really, you know, uh, Paul and I said this yesterday. Look, they drafted Daniel Jones because everything that they liked about him, his talent, his smartness, his skills, yep. everything else. One thing you don't know is somebody's tough. You, you can see things, but you don't know until he's there because college and the pros are different. His resiliency and his toughness, first of all, to me, resiliency, you're the, you're the player. Yeah. Resiliency and toughness 
I don't care what position, that's not something you can be taught. Either you have toughness, either you have resiliency, or you, or you don't. don't. And he's definitely shown that. And we've talked about this. And leadership. Him to handle adversity and criticism that started the day that he got drafted. He's never, never let it affect the way that he approaches, the way that he plays, the way that he prepares, and the way that he practices. And you can see it. And that's why I was saying when you have a quarterback that has the struggles or is going up and down because of consistency and the lack of ability to run a football those are all plays that your teammates need to step up and make for you to make that next step without question all right before we open up the phone lines which again folks is 201-939-4513 got to remind you if you subscribe to the giants audio podcast please make note that beginning on december 1st big blue kickoff live will have its own dedicated podcast So you can begin subscribing right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. Again, it's starting December 1, Big Blue Kickoff Live will no longer, no longer be available in the Giants Audio Podcast. So please subscribe to the Big Blue Kickoff Live Podcast. You can still watch or listen to the show on Giants.com and the Giants app. Again. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You don't want to give out your number almost? No, I, I think I almost did it yesterday. Yeah, no, it's, I, I mean, that's all I need to do. Here's Russ's private cell phone yeah. number. Give him a call any time of day. He's yeah. there for you. Or, or my wife's taken. Somebody <laughs> wants to call and say you're a moron. Uh, thanks, honey. Thanks. All right, let's open up the phone lines. Let's go to Pennsylvania and check in with Joe. Hello, Joe. How are we doing today? You're on with Russ and Big David. Uh, a wonderful, uh, you know what I mean. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. As a giant fan now, you know. But, uh, nope, hanging in there and op- optimistic that maybe we can uh, start showing some, uh, or start getting a win here or so, you know, because we're going to get a top draft pick. I know I heard you yesterday, Russ, say, you know, uh, Daniel Jones taking them hits and showing his toughness. I just hope you don't get hurt by one of them bad or so. That's all. Well, you know, you know uh, what? I, I've thought about that myself, but uh, look. It's part of the game. Yeah, yeah, Joe, exactly. Right. It. It, it, nobody knows better than this guy. Yeah. It, it, and, and you know what, Joe? I'm not to cut you off. Uh, you know, no, don't, don't, let, leave Joe on. I just wanted to uh, uh, mention, because you reminded me now, uh, injuries, uh, let's see. Saquon, not Saquon, um, Evan Ingram did not practice today. Remmers did not practice today. And then you have... uh, What about Red Ellison? um, Actually, I I think Ellison did practice today. He didn't. No, he didn't practice today. And um, uh, Peppers. Okay. No, uh, Peppers uh, and also Golden Tate. uh, Concussion protocol. protocol. So I got to tell you... Once again, they're not going to have Joe all hands on deck. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fairness to uh, Daniel Jones, not once this season, not once this season did he have a full complement of offensive weapons. Continue, yeah. Joe. Uh, okay, I, I, I was just going to ask you at, the, at this stage uh, here, you and David, if you'd, if you'd, your top three, if you would want to or not, putting your top three positions you would think we have to upgrade to get better. I know we're going to get a dra- uh, top draft pick, and we, we always say go for the, uh, the, the best players no matter what, in what, what position. But 
could you, David, would you have uh, your top three places you'd like to upgrade on? You know, could you pick that out yet? Yeah. Uh, Russ, if you want to give yours. Well, I think we're going to be yeah, the same, but go ahead. Yeah, I think we're going to be on the same boat, but you and I both to talk to, on the defensive side of the ball. Got to have a rusher. Got to have another edge rusher. You, we definitely need to get another linebacker. And then for me on the other side of the ball offensively, I would say another tackle. Those would be the top three for me. Well, uh, yep. I, I I I agree with you. Like I said, and I really think if we can get that run game going, you know, Daniel Jones proved how tough he is. He can throw the ball, and and our receiver receivers have shown that that you know they can get there. You know, especially if they're given a little more time that they can get down the field and put moves in too. You know, it's shown that there, but it, it, we just haven't got the run game going and I think like I uh, like I said they're they're not uh concentrating on the run where they could put maybe just their their front four up against the run to stop it and uh the rest they can put back in you know pass protection so and that's I really think making it tougher on on Daniel Jones and the offense and definitely the defense you know what I mean they got to get their act together right yeah. Just okay. don't understand them sometimes how lost they are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, right. Well, Joe, thank you very much. Have yourself a happy Thanksgiving, my yeah, friend. Yeah, same to you guys. All God right. bless. Go Giants. You, you got it. You know, I'll, I'll give you one other position. You might agree, maybe you don't agree. Um, and, and listen, Slayton has certainly been a fine, a real fine this oh, year. Another yeah. number one wide receiver. Yeah. Without a uh, doubt. Uh, uh, a tall wide receiver. We, we, th- that's the one thing outside of Slayton who looks much taller and bigger on field in his pads. Have and, you noticed yeah. that? I don't know what it is, but he looks 6'4", six, 6'5", six, on the field compared to the 6'2", six, 6'3", six, that he really is. I, I, you know what? I also think, and you've heard this, some guys play big. Yeah. He goes up and gets it. Oh, he wins the 50-50 balls. That's one of the main reasons and why he had the, the tout that he had, the ability to adjust midpoint the football at the highest point all those things but the one thing that you realize is outside of Slayton you know you look at Shepard you look at Tate they're all pretty much same body type style you need another bigger body that can win those 50 50s and can board things up almost like boxing out in basketball down in the red zone to get that other big body so you think about getting another number one wide receiver with Slayton Tate Shepard and Ingram that's a dynamic uh, yeah. wide receiving core. No, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, but, I, but I think everybody agrees what the needs are. Uh, and then there's the other question, you know, because um, what your needs are, and you hear a lot of times best athlete available, but because somebody is penciled in, I'm just saying this, arguably as a great or, you know, well, this linebacker from yep. this school is available, but maybe – we don't think, or who's ever doing the drafting doesn't think, yeah, but and we don't know if he's going to be that good. Where at a, somebody at another position, that's where it becomes. A yeah, little I iffy. mean, obviously, you want to you want to draft and pick players that number one fit your yeah. scheme. Two are the type of character players that you want, right. and three that haven't hit their peak point of potential, and you see that they where they can go. And the last point of that is you're always looking at durability of those players. What injuries have they had? What's the return on investment? How many years are we going to get out of them? All of those things are broken down when you do pick that player. Without question, two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go uh, stay local in New York. 
uh, if it's, I don't know if it's New York City, but it is New York. It's Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. Happy Thanksgiving. You're on with Russ and Big Dave. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Pleasure to speak with you. Good. Are you local in New York or New York State? I'm in, I'm in Westchester. Okay. okay. That's local enough. Uh, so I'm calling today. I heard uh, Carl Banks is a Hall of Fame semifinalist. Yes. And I just wanted to... Uh, Tell everyone that uh, I think he deserves to get in. It's long overdue. Well, I, I, it's hard for me to comment on it. I'm friendly, friends with, with Carl. I'm biased. So I'm rooting my keister off for him to get in. Carl, I, don't, Carl, I don't know if it happens. From an early on time when I met Carl Banks, the first time that he met me and when I started moving around positions, he said, you and I have so much alike because we are the Swiss Army Knives. Because he was the same way, could play all the different positions. They'd move him around, did all the dirty work, and you never heard Carl com- Carl complain about it once. Yeah, he- that's he- exactly right. Heck of a football yeah. player, John. So unbelievable, you, 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 Sam. You get no arguments here. Uh, but you know, I, I wish I could say done deal, foregone conclusion that he's in, but I, I can't say that. And like I say, I'm biased. I yeah. just I just I want him to be in. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I remember watching him in in '86. He was all over the field. I just looked it up. I saw he had 113 tackles in the regular season that year, and in the playoffs, no one could block him. Yeah. Uh, so, hell of a uh, player. Yeah, that's one thing. The other thing I'm wondering, wanted to get your thoughts on uh, all the concussions this year. It's just been crazy. I mean, I know uh, Tate. I think Tate actually had one in the preseason. So this would be his second. Shepard has two. Latimer had one. Uh, Wayne Gallman, Ellison. Yeah, it's it's really uh, more than I can remember them having. So wanted to get your take on uh, well, why I, so many concussions this year. I, I, I think, you know, uh, and then Dave can tell you his opinion. I, I just think it's not just with the Giants. Mind you, I, I haven't seen that. I don't remember when the Giants have been hit with all these rash of injuries, whether it's a concussion or not. I mean, you, you heard me say yeah. about the offense. Not everybody's been in, in at one time. But with with all what happened with CTE and yep. and, and everything else and, and the court rulings, the and, court rulings and the money being paid out, now everybody is extremely careful. It's that's what it is. So that's why you're seeing it much more than previous years. Yeah, the the one thing that I will say about this, and this is the one thing that is completely different compared to when I started in the NFL in 2003 until now, just the accessibility and understanding of what the injuries are to players. I remember back then you'd have like a little report, but you really didn't know whether a player was up or down until game time right before because everybody kind of hit it at that point. They didn't know. Now I could be sitting there any time of day and I'll get an alert on my app and it'll give me a full extent of, of every injury, of every team, of every player, that's something that we never had before. Uh, I think that it's something that has happened. Obviously, concussions are a part of sports, let alone football. I just think the amount of attention and the amount of awareness that we have of it now, it just brings more of it to the forefront just because we have that much more knowledge with social media and everything that's out there. I I was, Jonathan, I was kind of thinking of it uh, yesterday, actually, uh, with all this. Uh, with the concussions, and not just concussions, but even injuries. Now you get your injuries updated every day. You get this and that. I remember back, you know, with, with and I'm I'm just paraphrasing, but back with uh, when Bill Parcells was was here, yep. it was almost like you'll know 
one I want to let you know. It was, yeah. it was kind of that attitude. And, but, and and the other thing that you have to take into account, not only just to injuries, but injuries throughout the NFL, what week is this? It's week 13. week 13. This is when stuff starts piling up and those injuries start coming to a forefront. And that's why we always say in December, when we start seeing teams make that push and make that press for the playoffs, what do we usually say? They got healthy at the right time, Russ. Yep. Yep. And uh, un- right. unfortunately, Giants aren't uh, healthy. Jonathan, happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Thank Th- you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you for calling. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Got to remind everybody, Big Blue Kickoff Live here, brought to you by Coors Light, to enter to win the ultimate uh, VIP game day experience, courtesy of who else but Coors Light. You want to text VIP to 90464. That's 90464 for more details all right back to the phones we back go. to the people who drive this show in jersey jason hello jace happy thanksgiving you're on with russ and dave hey guys how are you, how you doing happy thanksgiving happy, happy thanksgiving, thanksgiving jace what's up my man so, what can we help you with so i know you know i've called a couple times i'm not as popular as you know mr uh what's his name uh charlie but I just want to say, you know, getting back to coaching, and I know, guys, I know you don't have to agree. I know your positions, and it's uh, it's understandable. But, you know, when you put a guy, decision-making, let's just talk about that. You you, you, you take a guy like Golden Tate. He, I'm saying he's a little guy, but he's smaller frame than your normal guys that are on wide outs or in the slot. But let's just say, and you put him at punt return. I just, I just think that that's just such a bad move when you have a guy, a bigger guy like Jabril Peppers. And look, he must have heard me because when I seen Golden Tate take that hit, I said, that's it. He's going into protocol, period. Period. He, he's not a, that type of guy that could take a, a hit like that. Uh, anyway. I, 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 well, yeah. you know what? The one thing I will say, Jason, is is that throughout his career, the one thing that you know, Golden, Jason, I'm sorry, you, your phone's breaking up, buddy. So thanks. Go, thank Golden you for the call. Tate has shown the toughness throughout his ability yeah. and throughout his career to take that big hit and get back up from it. But when it's a helmet to helmet blow, and we saw his yeah. mouthpiece pop out of his mouth, that that's definitely something that you you know is going to affect him, and hence why he's in the concussion protocol. But having said that. You know that you don't want to use your best players to be your no, punt returners. You never do. You want to have specialists that that's all they're doing. But right now in the state of where they are at this Giants football team and the injuries and where the roster is, they need to try to get as many plays out of the return team as they possibly can. And with doing that, they felt Golden Tate and uh, Peppers were the two guys that can get it done. Unfortunately for Tate, it was right away he had the concussion off of the return. And then, unfortunately for Peppers, he hurt his hip after it. You take somebody the size of David Deal here, put a helmet. And I'm not talking about this size. I'm talking about when he his playing weight. You put that and a helmet on him, and somebody go helmet to helmet the way Golden Tate was hit, his mouthpiece, uh, mouthpiece yeah. is going to pop out yeah. just as easily. Yep. So, uh, again, back to Chicago we go. Your old My hometown. Woods. Our frequent caller, Mark. Hello, Mark. Happy Thanksgiving again, my friend. Same you guys as well. Hey, uh, this is Concussion Wednesday. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, I was at the game, and I saw Golden Tate catch that pass right in front of me, and I saw his uh, head hit the turf. So I don't know whether he got the concussion or maybe the, that initial hit on the punt return was part of it, 
but that touchdown catch is where he actually, yes. from what I understand, covered suffered the concussion. Yeah, because he went into the tent afterwards. Because you're right, Mark, because after that hit, he went into the tent and was cleared and officially cleared by the independent advisor by the NFL, and then that secondary hit is the one that did it. Right. So that, to me, uh, raises a question in my mind. Uh, Equipment is so much better. We also have heightened awareness of it and testing that they do. But, uh, David, I was in the old Marshall Fields once, and I saw Dick Buckus's helmet. And basically it was, it was a suspension helmet with two straps of plastic in it. And it had the, the big circle in, in the end top. And I remember you, those, Mark. What's that? I remember those. It has the circle yeah. with the elastic bands. I remember those. Yep. Yeah, I had them in high school. So, uh, to me, when you look at the equipment that they're wearing now, I mean, they're so streamlined. The shoulder pads are small. Nobody, you know, guys used to wear those collars to prevent whiplash and things like that. Do you think that maybe because the shoulder pads are so small that that's why they're getting concussions from impact on the turf? Because that turf on Sunday was not frozen. It was yeah, it was a know, beautiful day soft. in Chicago. It was Forty-five degrees. Yeah. No, the one thing I will say this is, you know, it's funny that you know you bring up the shoulder pads and. You know, a lot of people wear, wear the, will wear those neck rolls. I did because I had a tendency to get a stinger from the hits and working inside on double teams in the way that I did stuff. But to be honest with you, because of the shoulder pads are smaller, doesn't make them less effective. Actually, a, a pad that probably I would say 80% of the Giants wear is called X-Tech. It's a pad that has a, uh, a military-grade foam in it that actually disperses it. So even though it's smaller, it's actually five times more rigid and it disperses the blow and, and throughout the pad instead of just absorbing it in one area. In regards to helmets, obviously the thing that I always talk about is you have your helmet, it fits right, you make sure that your uh, chin strap is buckled. But the thing that I would always do was in game, I would make sure that I would inflate it more because you're sweating, your you know your your mm-hmm. your your helmet's moving. You want to make sure that that thing's as secure and tight as possible. But when you do go down and your helmet hits, whether it's the grass or the turf, that's a lot of the times where that concussion does come up. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking that having larger shoulder pads would prevent the helmet from hitting the turf as often. No, so, just uh, think anyway. about it because it would be lower down, so it wouldn't actually stop it. Yeah, I mean okay. helmet to helmet is. It's, it, listen, you, we, we've been saying it since the beginning. Football is what, like 100 years old? It's a violent sport. It's a violent sport. Thanks for the call, Mark. Always Thanks, Mark. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving, Happy my man. Thanksgiving. 201-939-4513 is the number. I met Mark last year. Mark drove up from Chicago. He went uh, last year when we were uh, doing the, the week of scrimmaging up against the Lions right. and then played him in the preseason. He came up, got right? to meet him, and what, what a nice Giants fan. Yes, Oh, really good fan, really good fan. All right. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie up in Portland, Maine. Hey, happy Thanksgiving once again, Charlie. Hey, same to you. That's the reason I called. I just want to wish you and Dave and, and everybody and all Giants fans, the listeners to BBK, have a grateful grateful thanksgiving 
Thank you, Charlie. Yeah. You as well, my man. Yeah, you, Brian, hey, hey, and I am so happy the Giants aren't playing on Thursday night because <laughs> I would get indigestion while I was watching the game. <laughs> you, see, you, see, you see, Charlie, I was going to say, I was going to say, boy, Charlie. There's got to be. A, but there, there's got to be positive a, a here. little addendum there. A little, little twist, a little thing. But Charlie made sure to let us know. Yeah. He's hey, having. He's care, having. He, Thank you, Charlie. Charlie's All having the best. his lobster tomorrow. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Charlie. Right. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that happened to be funny. I got to get this, get this little one in. Little but bing. Yeah, it's, it's called a kidney punch. <laughs> yeah, there we go. 201 is the number. Hey, folks, you don't laugh, you cry. Let's go up to Westchester and check in with Josh. Hello, Josh. You're on with Russ and David. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. So, um, I, David, specific for you, the, a question on some blocking specifics. I mean, when, when I watch other teams, it seems they match their blocking to the specific skills of their running backs much better. And For example, you, you look at Minnesota, you see Dalvin Cook. It seems like they were cut blocking the edge and the second level regularly, and defenders weren't totally taken out of the play, but they were disrupted enough for the defender to not be in good tackling position. You get these chunky runs. Whereas I watch us, you know, we, we, we double, we pull, we try and slip to the next level, try and get our hands on the guy, and our defenders are, are they, 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 they get shedded or worse, we just flat out miss. I mean, who is responsible for the concepts on these running plays? Is it the OC for that level of detail? Is it the O-line coach? I mean, don't you see a disconnect between the line play and what our running back excels at? Well, well, obviously, when it comes to the, the way that they block it up front in regards to the techniques and fundamentals, that's on the offensive line coach. The way that they scheme it, that's from the offensive coordinator. So those two have to go hand-in-hand in in harmony. And, you know, one of the things that you realize is that when you were just talking about the Minnesota Vikings, their coaching staff and their offensive line coach is actually the one that came from Denver. I don't know if you remember the name. His name's Rick Dennison. He taught and and coached all those years when Plummer was there. You know, zone the front side, completely cut down the backside. That's something that he's known for. But that also comes down to his coaching style and the way that he teaches and coaches those techniques to his player. I wasn't taught that way in the zone running scheme by Pat Flaherty or by Harry Heastand, who was my offensive line coach in college. Those weren't the schemes that I taught or were taught. And also, I was never a good cutter at 6'7". To be able to go from high to low to try to chop through a thigh board, that was never my game. I wanted to look somebody in the eye and hit him right dead square in the face. That was my style of play. But the one thing that I've talked about, and I've talked about it this entire season, and I know you've heard me say this, is that when you do run an inside zone running scheme, You've got to do things to diversify it. You've got to do things where you're testing the edges of a defense, where you're sealing them and you're edging it at the point of attack and get some of those plays to the outside to force a defense to widen out. And then also, you've got to run deception off of it. We've seen it out of this Giants team, whether it was the Slayton uh, reverse or the double reverse to Tate in the Dallas game or the reverse and the run by Shepard this game. Those were all successful plays that were all off script, all off balance. 
Now use those to out-leverage a defense by making sure that you use that deception. So now all of a sudden you had that successful jet sweeper, the reverse. Now all of a sudden you fake it, their eyes go to it, and then now you run zone schemes off of that or play action passing off of it because all you're looking for is those linebackers to take that deep step up if it's play action passing game or for those linebackers to have that split-second hesitation with their eyes to allow your double teams to get up to the second level. Those are all things that need to be incorporated into the zone running scheme. 201-939-4513 is the number. Thank you for the call, Josh. And now let's go uh, local again in Jersey and check in with Jason. Hello, Jason. How are we doing? Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, sorry. I-, I lost you before, but I-, I, won't- I won't take much time. I just want to say this. Do you think if they make a change, you don't think that Carl Banks would be a candidate to be take his spot? No. And by the way, no. David. The only reason why I say that, Jason, is I know Carl. I've known him for almost 20 years right now. He loves what he's doing. And in order to do that, to make that transition – it's one thing doing it from what we're doing, and it's a different thing when baseball uh, uh, analysts now are jumping to managers. It's a different thing when we're talking about the game of football. I get that he can lead 53 men. I know that he knows the X's and O's about football, but directing and leading a team when you haven't been in a coaching system and to be able to expect to jump right to it, I mean, that's just unrealistic. I love the thought process of it. I mean, who wouldn't love to think here and sit, hey, look at Carl Banks as the head coach of the Giants. It sounds yeah. great, and I know that it sounds perfect, but you got to think of the sheer fact that he hasn't been a player or a coach that has gone through the full regimen in order to do that. And, Jason, you got to remember. Yeah but, yeah, but see, David, like you, you just went through methodically – and, and by the way, he did it with not even blinking an eye. And so, I don't know, man. I, no, you no, mean I, me talking about O-line play and the zone no, running yeah, schemes? Jason, I... I, that's, I mean, that's one thing. That, I could this sit, is his profession. I know, and, that's, and I would sit here and tell you, Jason, I guarantee I can jump in and coach O-line right now without a single hesitation or blink of it. But now to sit here yeah. and think that I can jump to be a head coach without going through uh, situational right. football, that's a whole different right. thing. That's that's all I'm saying, Jace. And Jace, right. again, right. Jace, you got to remember one other thing, which is very, very, very important. And what, what it could be Carl Banks, it could be David Deal, it could be anybody, it could be Jason, it could be Russ. You got to want to put in all that time. Because being yeah, a head a coach, it's a yeah, hey, it's, it, it's, it's five in the morning till eleven at night, okay? Yeah, and yeah, you, so you, you know, lot. so there's so many other factors. But uh, you know, I listen, love Carl, and um, more importantly, I love to see him get into the Hall of Fame. But I don't think head coach of the Giants uh, or any other team for that matter is in his future. Because if it was. He would have wanted to step on the field already and be And would have done it through like a linebacker coach to D coordinator to do this. Exactly. Thanks for the call, Jason. Thank you. Happy Happy Thanksgiving, Jason. Thanks for calling. Yeah. No, and and I agree. Like I said, I think that he obviously, you know, Carl knows the game. He watches it like I do. He's a student of it. He can digest things right away. But to expect to jump from just doing this to head coach – Number one, to go through those ranks and not have to earn it because that's not something that you're just given. You have to earn the right, right. through the ranks to get that position. But then, two, the situation of football, doing all that stuff, you've got to make sure that you have a level head and you've gone through game experience in order to be able to do it at a high level. And, and remember this. I've always said this. Uh, the most team-oriented sport is football. Without a doubt. Not, not Nothing's close. Without any doubt. 
it, it is is football. It's also managing <laughs> far more, you know, men. You're, Personalities, you're right. it's, yeah. It's just, it, no, I, I just, God, listen, love call, but, you know, that I don't see. Uh, let's go up to Kingston. I'm, I'm assuming that's Kingston, New York, and check in with Bernie. Bernie, how you doing? Not too bad. How are you guys Good. doing? I was hoping he was in Kingston, Jamaica, and getting some warm weather. That's what I was hoping <laughs> no, for you, Bernie. Kingston, New York, unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd, I'd like to rant for about a couple of minutes and then uh, let you guys uh, comment. We'll, let, we'll let you lay down on the couch, okay. Bernie, and get it all out. Go ahead, buddy. Okay. I've been a fan since uh, 1953, so I've seen an awful lot of giant teams and an awful lot of games. And i got to tell you, this is the worst team that I've seen since back to the 70s. And you know how bad it was in the 70s. And i got to make this observation. Our roster is probably, I would say, mediocre. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's kind of mediocre. We've got some really good people. We've got some journeyman people. We've got some people that are not so great. Good coaching makes a mediocre roster competitive. Bad coaching makes a mediocre roster into what we have right now. I think the problem with us is coaching. The coaching is terrible. The team is not prepared. They're not motivated. They're not trained. Uh, it's, it's, I, I, like what, it's like watching a Chinese fire drill out there. Well, well Bernie, Bernie, I'm going to disagree on, on one point. When you say they're not motivated, that's wrong because – they are motivated. And I'm going to go point to also on another point. I'm going to point to I'm not the ex-player. David Deal's the ex-player. David just said today, how many times have you watched that practice and you came to me and said, man, they look really good today. It, it's a good practice. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had the answer. Bernie, I wish I had the answer. The coaches wishes they had the answer. On Friday, everything is looking great. On Wednesdays and Thursdays. Then you get, for whatever reason, that happens. Right. But, you know, there's a real attitude problem, and I think it's the coaching staff, and I think it filters down to the whole team. What, what's every the attitude problem? Listen, every time I listen to Shermer in one of his news conferences, it's always, oh, we're almost there. We just need to fix a few things, and then we're going to be terrific. We're really a great team. We're just, doing a, we're just screwing up in a couple of areas. Uh, if that was Bill Parcells, well, Bill Parcells would get up there and say, this team stinks. Hold on one second, Bernie. Let, let, let me, let, let's make a comparison here. Number one, Bill wasn't saying that in his first year when they were 3 and uh, 12. And, they, and, and he almost got fired. And he, and he almost got fired. That's number one. Number two, you got to understand this. And that's why the players on that team all stand behind uh, Pat Shermer. But you got to remember this. Whether Pat Shermer is disappointed in the players or a said player or, or this guy or this unit, he's going to tell them behind closed doors. They're going to know about it behind closed doors. It doesn't doors. get aired out publicly. When he gets out, he's not going to say, well, you know, no, this young guy stinks. He's stupid. You can't do this. It just does Bernie. God love you, it doesn't work that way. And you know what? The minute, the minute a coach does that, he's going to lose the team. Now, conversely, like Bill Parcells, like Parcells used to say, once you got some pelts up on your wall, then you can say and do what you want. You have to earn those. But if you don't, if you haven't done that, 
Bill Parcells wouldn't wouldn't have been talking like that, Bernie, if he didn't have his Super Bowl. So thank you for the call. Have a happy Thanksgiving. But <laughs> okay. I, I, you know, that's where I got to disagree with you on that. You, you have to have, and and you want to know what? You can say that about the guy now who's considered the best of all time, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick couldn't act the way he acts if he wasn't winning the aloofness to this and that. They wouldn't allow him to get away with it. Could you imagine him doing a press conference if he didn't have any trophies like that? No, he couldn't do that. He press. couldn't. That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> you know, every, it's very easy to point to the guys who won who can say, yeah, this guy stinks, that guy sucks, he's no good. When you, when you have, as Bill used to say, the pelts on the wall, it's a little bit different. Yep. A li, li, little bit different. Let's go down to Charlotte. Check in with uh, Steve. Steve, happy Thanksgiving. You're on with Russ and Dave. Happy Turkey Day, fellas. Happy, or happy Turkey to you. Thanks a lot. Um, I just feel like we don't have an identity right now. You know, you look at Giants teams in the past, you know, uh, again, like a previous caller just said, you can go from – you can go from uh, Bill Parcells and go even go up to Tom Coughlin. You know the guys didn't agree with him as much his first year or two there. Had a little bit of separation in the locker room, but they bought in. Everybody bought in. And how did you know, we? And, why did people buy in? That's the big it's Steve. Go ahead. Steve. I want. Why did people buy in? They bought in because I mean, Coach had a he had a history behind him. No, no, I mean, no, 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 Steve. You're you're not answering the you know, question, Steve. The why? Why did you know? But Steve, why did Steve? Play, you know, Steve, but, Steve. You know, he, he helped Jacksonville Steve, out. Steve, Steve. When a coach comes in, it has nothing to do with their past. Why did players on the roster that I was on and the teams that I were on after the beginning of the big push off of the five minutes early and all the rules that went along with it? When did it all change, Steve? I, I think it all changed. What was it? probably year year three, year, year two, middle year two, year three. The, those boys they they, they bought in real. real and real and why did why? they buy in? I'm asking you. Actually, adjusted a little bit. No, he, well, no, he that wasn't until that wasn't until oh. You know, change the style of coaching a little bit. That wasn't until oh seven, Steve. I, I, I'm asking you in the beginning. Why do players change and adapt and adjust? Because we started they, winning they football games. Because we started yeah. winning, Steve. When you start that's getting right. the results on Sunday, that's when people started buying in. Until you that's get right. the results, it, you can't act that way. So uh, that's right. Okay, Steve. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Steve. Appreciate it. I, I don't. I don't think Steve what was listening. I, to I've you. said this from '03 when I first started, which was Jim Fossil's last year. Think about a 53-man roster. Coach Coughlin takes over in '04. By the time that we got to '05. Out of that 53-man roster in 03, in 2005, there were 13 of us left out of 53. So 43 went bye-bye so long, farewell. Gone. Gone. Within two years. And then in that season, what do you know? We changed the culture of our locker room. We changed the way that we were playing and how disciplined we were in football games. We started winning football games. And then all of a sudden, there's, wait. There's a method to the madness, Russ. Yep. All these details that he has is paying attention to about being early, about going crazy and doing all that stuff on players by having those emotions up and down. It started to click in when we won football games. That's when it started to change. Before that, it didn't matter what he said to the media. It didn't matter how he responded to them. Why? Because we weren't winning. 
when we started winning games and when Coach Coughlin started opening up and started the leadership committee in 2007 after we lost in the wild card in 06, that was a complete transformation of our locker room and Coach Coughlin. Because at that point, we knew that we had a great foundation of a football team. We had captains. We had leaders of the team to where, at this point, I don't have to micromanage. I can put you guys in charge. These are the things that we need to do this week. These are the things that we need to get done in practice. Because if they don't, the A blank Blake H-O-L-E Tom was going to come back. And that was plain and simple. But you can't move to that point until you start getting the results. No, I, I mean, listen, I, I watched it. You played through it. Yeah, you know, but it's it's really and, you know, and what, that's where the that's where the saying came. Either you're going to be a part of the solution around here, or you are the problem, and you will not be here. You, you know, uh, p- people they forget the two and four teens in the first year of uh, Bill Walsh. They forget the one and thirteen. I've gone eight and eight. I've gone six Chuck and ten. Yeah. I went four and twelve. You lost seven in a row. Lost seven. Lost eight in a row. Eight in a row. And 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 the first six. Yeah. of one season. So yeah. you know, it happens. Uh, nobody likes it. Quite frankly, it sucks living through it, watching it, broadcasting it, talking about it. You know, nobody's happy about it. It is what it is. Let's go to Hackensack nearby. Check in with Russell. Russell, you're on with Russ and Dave. How are we doing? Happy Thanksgiving. You too, guys. Love the show. Um, Russ, you might remember this. In 1979, when George Young was the general manager, he hired Ray Perkins as head coach, and when the media asked uh, Young why he hired Perkins, he said, I wanted a head coach who made the players feel uncomfortable about losing. Guys, I don't want to jump on the whole coaching thing, but, boy, we look pretty comfortable uh, losing right now. Uh, Again, listen, uh, I would disagree with that only because I see how miserable they are about the losses. Everybody, and when I say miserable, they're not walking around like, woe is me. But for lack of a better term, they're pissed off. You feel it. Yeah. When you have so much invested, you feel it. You know what, Russ? And I get where you're coming from. When you're losing and and it's two, and you're two and nine, and you lost seven games in a row, think about it for a second. You, me, Dave, all the fans, everybody in the building, the players looking in the mirror themselves. It's hard to look at something and say, "Oh, this is great." Yeah, you know it is. But you, you know, know what's? But, you, but, and, excuse me one second. There. The one clear thing that, and this is not chamber of commerce BS, but as a coach and a general manager, you have to have the you know what's to not succumb to the pressure of what other people are saying and to do what you believe in. Let me tell you, it took a fair bit of guts to do the move that uh, Pat Shermer did by replacing Eli Manning. He replaced a legend. He replaced a Hall of Fame, a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Believe me, that was difficult. You might, you know, it's easy to write about it or to talk about it. That was, he's the guy who had to do it. That's difficult. That's not a, not that's some sap that's doing that. Yeah, you know, if winning was easy, everybody'd be doing it. And the one thing that I will say is, is that even as tough as this season has been for everybody, and I've been a part of it. Like I just said, I've been on a part of a team that lost seven straight, eight straight, all those things. But you know what I learned from those seasons? Mm. 
Who are the guys that were accountable? Who are the guys that I could look at in the locker room and it didn't matter the circumstance. They were coming out swinging and fighting for me just like I did for them. And you know what? Those were the guys who managed to stay on the football team and managed to be a part of those Super Bowl teams and managed to be different makers because of that resolve, because of their ability to compete no matter what the odds or whatever was stacked against them. And when you start having seasons like this, one of the things that you realize is that nobody's going to get us out of this except for us in this building, for us on the practice field. And they're the ones that can control the way that they move forward, the coaching staff, the players, and that's what we need to see. We need to see the way that they respond. They come out and play these last five games to figure out who's going to be a part of this, who is not going to be a part of it, and what we need to do to get back to that championship culture. You know, Russell, I, I sat down with Julian Love, you know, before I came kid. before I came in here. And, you know, Julian is the youngest guy on the Giants. He's all at 21 years old. That was me my rookie year. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 21 years old. And, and I asked him, you know, a guy comes from a big-time legendary program, uh, and I asked him about the losing. And he said, it doesn't matter if you're a rookie, if you're an old grizzled veteran, nobody in the building is happy about the losing. And nobody is walking around just taking it la-di-da. It's serious business. This is how you support your families. This is your livelihood. This is what you play for. But you got to keep going at it, fighting through it. And, and you're right. He is a terrific kid. Great kid. You know, and, and it was, listen, for, for you know, his first extended play out of the gate. Thank you for the call, Russell. Happy Thanksgiving. For, his, for his first extended, you know, he had himself a good football He game. definitely did. I mean, you love the fact that, number one, he's versatile. We saw that all throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. His ability in his, not only that, but just football IQ with the ability to step up and play all those different positions. But talk about rising to the challenge. In his hometown, he grew up in the outside of Chicago like I did. For him to step up, not miss a beat, and make a big play when they needed to says a lot about him and his performance. Not only uh, do it in front of his hometown, he also went back home with a pretty heavy heart. Yeah, I, I yeah. Mean, two of his best friends two died. Two of his best friends from childhood tragically killed in a yeah. car accident. And, you know, he, there he is playing in front of family and, and friends. And, and getting it, his first interception of his career. And, How and, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, he, he's made it the right stuff. And, you know, people kept wondering, well, when are we going to see Julian? When are we going to see Julian? They felt the time was right to see Julian. So we got to see him at the right time. And you know what? He showed up at the right time. Uh, let's go down to Virginia. Mike's been waiting patiently. Thank you for waiting, Mike. Happy Thanksgiving. You're on with Russ and Dave. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. No fresh rest. The real deal. It's been a little while since I called in. Yes, sir. What's, What's up? What's up, my man? How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm okay, man. You know, it's, it's, it's been a little struggle watching us these past couple years, to be honest, man. But, you know, hey, the TV always gets turned on. And uh, I'm always glad to watch it, but it, it's a struggle. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, uh, I, I just honestly don't see the growth. I know it's going to take a little while, but it's like we we regressed from last season. And and it's the I'll touch on defense. The blown assignments that you see on defense, I don't understand if that's the coaching or the the, the players not understanding what they're doing. But either way, something has to change. If, 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 unfortunately, you know, if, if Baker doesn't understand what he's doing, put somebody else in there that does. Maybe that person might 
lack the talent, but at least they understand the scheme. So, I mean, there has to be some kind of change. I, I just really don't get it. Like, like we upgraded the line, and we are horrible with run blocking. I, I just, I, I just don't. I'm lost right now, fellas. I really am. We, we bench Eli after two games. Now there was, um, the, uh, there was one play that Eli did that I, I, I said to myself, Eli is playing, and that arm is strong. He shook off a sack. I think it was against Dallas. He put his hand down on the ground, regained his balance, and threw a bullet down the left sideline to Latimer. And it was just like, you know what? Eli got it back. He's there. He's playing. And it just didn't feel like that. I mean, Shermer bought in with the Eli. It just really didn't seem like that. To, to bench him after two games, to uh, put Daniel Jones in, I, I just don't get it. I well, well let me, Mike, Mike, let me ask you a question. You, you, haven't, yes. you haven't seen anything positive out of Daniel Jones? Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, I have. Okay. But I, I, I just don't see the, well, my, the overall team growth. Well, Mike, as I just said, and listen, we're, we're up against it now, so we've got to get a few other calls in. Thank you for the call, Mike. Gotcha. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, but what are the things that help him with his growth? Yeah. Saquon catching that third down. Golden yeah. Tate catching that third down. The games before, those drops are crucial when you're talking about a young quarterback who needs to get yeah. a tempo and a fast start and success early in football games. Yeah, and, and, and listen, I – Anybody who's, listen, I say it with myself, I say it with Paul. I'm certainly going to say it with this guy here. None of us. There are no bigger fans of Eli Manning than us. But to me, if you don't see the growth and what's come out of Daniel Jones, then you're really not watching. I'm sorry about that. You, You can criticize a million and one things, but if you can't see the growth in Daniel Jones, and the toughness, I mean, that, then you're not being fair to Daniel Jones or the Giants or, or that decision. Fair Great. enough? Yeah, fair enough. All right. We've got a couple of minutes left. Let's go to our old buddy down at Columbia, Maryland, Len. We, Len, we only got a little bit of time, so what do you got for us, buddy? Okay. And f- hey, first things quick. first, happy Thanksgiving. happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, just, just, just great show. Day after day, year, week after week, year after year. Been with it from the start, going on 10 years. Just, just a great show. We, we're, we're lucky as Giants fans to have this show. Uh, uh, Russ, I, I just want to, I want to disagree with you on one thing. Go ahead. Uh, one thing you got wrong. I'm, I'm Eli's biggest fan. You know, okay. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding you. I know, but you know I'm a big fan. And uh, I was shaking my head when that last caller was talk, saying what he was saying. I'm not going to go much further than that. And you guys kind of stole my thunder. You talked about winning. I wanted to talk about winning. David, you were beautiful. I mean, you talked about winning. Russ, I listened to yesterday's show this morning. And you started talking about, listen, bottom line, this level, you got to win. I mean, you can't lose seven games in a row. You, I mean, you guys are right on with that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I live around Ravens fans. I, I mean, a guy, of course, the guy delivers my mail. All he says, I'm jealous, guys. I, I got to tell you, uh, Russ, David, you know, every day I face these Ravens fans. And they're, they're having the times and days of their fans. lives, they aren't they, They got a great team. I'm jealous, buddy. I'm jealous. Yeah. Well, let, let, I want to get to that. I want to get to that level. Let's go, Giants. You guys have a great day. Everybody stay healthy. Thank go you, Len. Happy Thanksgiving. You know what? Well said, Len. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And really, 
Uh, call it a cliche if you want, but listen, that is the most important thing. You know what I get a kick out of? I get a kick out of when my pal here has got to rush out of here because he's got to pick up his daughter to take her to practice. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I know. You, you know, those are the little things that we lose sight of when we're all pissed off about yeah. our team's record and this and that. And those are all the little things that we take for granted. That was, am, uh, yeah, am I right? I mean, that was one of the greatest feelings in the world, coming home after a game, whether it was a great win or a tough loss, and it was the same daddy running towards the door to give you a big hug. They don't give a rat's patootie about the score. Until they get older. That's yeah, what no, Ad, no. Ad came home from a road game. Uh, I forget where, where you're at. I came home, and Addison's like, Daddy, you guys scored no points. I'm like, Addison, it was a tough game. You know, we didn't play so well. I don't get it. No points. You couldn't understand. No, we no, got we got shut out. No, really. Yeah. You know that's that's just yeah. the way it that's goes. Kids and it's I, great. I, I mean, it's it's the little things you take for granted. And I'm not trying to be schmaltzy here, but it is, you know, Thanksgiving. It is what it is. Enjoy the Thanksgiving. Have yourselves a good time with the family. Hopefully, the Giants can yep get it together to say. This Sunday at MetLife is going to be tough. Would be a big-time understatement. It is Aaron Rodgers. It is the Green Bay Packers. But got to keep forging ahead. You can't, you can't look behind. You got to keep looking straight ahead. Right now, that is a wrap on our, my, at least my Thanksgiving show. Our thanks to Dan Salamon across the way. My big man, Danny my buddy boy. here. Uh, David Deal, I'm Ross Salzberg, and a big time thanks to you people. Because without you people, we'd have nobody here to talk That's to. That's right. A lot of good callers today. Great callers, a lot, absolutely. A lot of good conversation Great discussion. Today. Happy and healthy Thanksgiving to all of you, and I'll see you people next week.